On this episode, we talk with our friend Derek Lehman. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Layman. Andy, how are you? Joel, it's, I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm. you're, you're looking good. You I, are. I need a... I, the, the beard's got the some beard's, work. Yeah, it needs it has, work. It has some work, which will... We'll, we'll, we'll address later. We'll address later. Um, friends, thanks for joining us on yet another episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast. Uh, we are, as always, excited about our guest. We feel uh, we feel like we've got another strong show coming coming at you. And, and Andy, I think it's just a testament to the fact that uh, we've had a lot of people that continue to be willing to submit themselves to this show. That is true. To put themselves through I, I was the talking, show experience. I was talking to Derek before this show yes. and yeah, kind of just, he's like, what do you guys do? I'm like, we just tell stories. Yeah, we just, just tell stories. It's nothing. Bring uh, people on. But, but every once in a while, well, most of the time in that storytelling, some really cool things happen. So we, uh, we're just grateful for each and every, uh, each and every one of you tuning in, listening up. And uh, I should also say, Andy, uh, to, to throw back, our recent conversation with our friend James Kennison and our previous episode, well, two, two episodes, episodes ago, ago, yeah. Um, he uh, he mentioned us in a show, and I felt he did, and I, I was listening I to it, and I was like, super oh. famous. And then I had uh, I had a friend of mine say, "Hey, James did a shout out to you on his show before I actually even heard it." So it's like, so oh, now you feel like a real celebrity. I, golly, I just feel special. Uh, always great we, we just love it when uh, we get a chance to share on other podcasts or have other people do that so we feel like i think just in a very positive way that the community is expanding in mm-hmm. a really positive way and it's really connected us to a lot of great folks and i'm just like so happy about that absolutely and, and you know what joel I'm, i want to thank you because i got a chance to be on at, at your church oh, on, that's right, on sunday you did. and on and on your church's podcast uh talking about grief and so it's one of the topics we've talked about in this show yes. um, before but i will go ahead and link in our show notes that episode that's perfect so if you want to listen to that you can yeah but. at home the podcast with walkie mc yeah we're uh we're only a few episodes in on that one but andy i should say uh as i am the primary producer of that show uh everything that i'm doing right is all thanks to you and everything I'm doing wrong is entirely on my shoulders and uh, completely. So <laughs> you, I, I did notice when we were, we were recording the podcast, you don't have quite the spaceship set up. I, I, do I don't. I'm trying to keep it simple as possible because I just know uh, from my experience watching you do your magic over there that uh, once you add more things, it just becomes a real. It, it's basically, folks, like Andy is uh, composing a symphony uh, as we are uh, recording and uh, I'm I'm more okay with like pushing a button and then pushing a button again and being done. So that's uh, that's the level I'm at so far. But all that to say, uh, we do want to begin the show, Andy, by giving a big uh, a big shout out to a recent Patreon uh, member member. Yes, uh, Pat Yoder. Uh, she has stepped up, stepped on. Uh, in support of the show. We're so grateful for her. So Pat, thank you for your support. Uh, just continue to help us get the show out to people and uh, to um, buy guests. Uh, thank you mugs. Yes. That's really, <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever it is. Now Derek's like, do I get a mug? Hmm, maybe Absolutely. probably. If you, if you want to join Pat, you can join her over at dudes and dads slash support. And for patrons, subscribers, they get special other things. Yeah, and, and um, I think what we should start doing is uh, we should send uh, each Patreon supporter a uh, a, a special uh, prayer cloth that we have uh, anointed with. I, I didn't know. No? no? Okay. I, it works for some people. Uh, maybe not us. Maybe that's not who we are. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, though, Joel, besides our patrons, is supported by the Concrete Barber. And you can go to concretebarber.com. He's got all of your hair care products that you can order there and pick up in store. Get your haircut looking. Yeah, nice. looking solid. But here's the question, Andy. What what do we do if we don't have any hair? Let's just let's just put it out there. Let's just I, I, let's just say 
Because here's the deal. Grow, grow your beard. And grow then, that beard because he'll take care of your beard. And then let DJ take care of your beard. Or if you're like, hey, I want a straight razor head shave. Oh, yeah. He does that too. So there's really no excuse. He, there's no excuse for you not to head over to get yourself over to concretebarber.com. Do it. Get get it get it scheduled because uh, he's he's a popular guy. Okay. So there's that. There is that. So we now it's time to bring our guest on tonight. Oh, Derek, uh, Derek and I share the la- same last name. You do. We're both laymans. Uh, so. Fifth or sixth cousins, more than likely. So, I, something like uh, that. Something like that. Oops. Forgot to actually bring him on the show. There fifth we go. Or, fifth or sixth. So, Derek, welcome to the show, by the way. Howdy. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And guys, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Sultry voice. And it's true. It's uh, got a real face for radio, just like me. Um, I've been told that many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Derek, uh, thanks for coming on. Just a little bit of backstory. Derek, uh, Derek attends uh, Walker Russo Missionary Church where I pastor, and that's where we uh, met each other, and we have a lot of similar interests, uh, baseball being one of them. However, Derek's just informed me that uh, due to the current makeup of the postseason, he no longer watches baseball, which I think is just really pouty and immature. But uh, it, it probably is a, a character flaw on my part <laughs> that uh, once my team is out of it, I start growing my beard and uh, pre- start preparing for the next season. Wow, it's kind of like a morning. It's kind of like a season of morning. It really is you. a season of morning. I yes, I get it. I understand. Derek, we like to introduce our guests with having them tell us the dad stats. So tell me a little bit about you, your family, your wife, any kids that you have, any stats that make you a dad. Okay. Um, I've been married to my wife, Kim, for 20 years now, uh, this past July, and we have two daughters. Uh, Kennedy is 19 years old and still lives at home, which is just fine. We love her. And Carrie is 15. She's a sophomore um, at Northwood High School. Um, and still at home as well. Still at home and you, as well. And you love her too. <laughs> yes. No, Carrie can. No, 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 yeah, we, no you we don't do, love her. We do love Carrie. She's, she's a good kid. Um, and um, we got many pets and um, we have a, we live in Wakarusa. I think you should also share with us because some people would be interested. Um, you do have a couple of uh, internet famous pets or you're, or they're attempting to be internet, internet famous, social pets? media famous. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, we have a couple of corgis. We got um, Watson and uh, he's a corgi healer and uh, he has anxiety. So we got him an emotional support dog. So now we have um, <laughs> his brother who is Winston, who is a corgi and uh, they are now on Instagram as uh, eight stubby legs is their Instagram handle. Nice. Check it out. We'll provide a link. In the show notes, because it's it's cute. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you want to smile, head over to Eight Stubby Legs on the Instagram for yeah, sure. It's hard to be upset. Yeah, it is. It really, it really, really is. So, uh, Derek, we um, obviously, as a dude, as a dad, uh, we all have our life stories. But I feel like Andy, in this particular case, Derek's Derek's life story is one that he has told me to really explain it requires a whiteboard and uh, we did not bring one into the studio today so we're sorry so we're hoping that everyone can follow along with your story and if they need maybe we'll provide a diagram in the show notes uh you can you maybe we'll have you draw a diagram and submit sometimes i even struggle with the diagram and my wife's like no no no, you're not related to that person this way and i'm like oh yeah yeah so right So we'll let you just dive into your story and kind of explain what it is about kind of the family that you come from, what the family that you ended up in, how it was composed, all of that I think is really, really interesting, but it helps us ask a lot of other important questions about what it means to be a dude, a dad, to lead a family, to be, well, just, let's just say, uh, I, I consider you a productive member of society as well, so... I tell a lot of folks that I'm really, really well adjusted for what I could be. Yeah. So yes. um, I was um, I was adopted at birth um, by my my parents. And as I speak, I'll I'll talk about my parents and then I'll talk about my my biological family um, to kind of differentiate. Sure. It gets a little confusing. Um, so, yeah, I was adopted at birth um, and then my folks were divorced before I have any really conscious memories of them together. Um, so my dad um, lived in Napanee and my mom and I moved to Chicago until I was four um, and then she remarried, he remarried, um, and so ended up having two older stepsisters. And then my mom um, had two more sons. So those would be like my half brothers, right? And uh, it wasn't until I was probably 17, well, when I was six, 
Um, I think I had a conversation with my stepmom where she kind of explained like that I was adopted. Um, and I, it was a, a story that my mom said that, you know, she, well, I, well, I should have been able to tell you that. And I, I, looking back, I can realize that she probably never would have told me. It's just something that she wouldn't have brought up because she's very, I'm getting off track. I apologize. She's a little, uh, she's a little secretive. Okay. Yeah. So, um, around the time I was 17, I was in high school. Um, talking to my mom, she says something about, you know, you know, you have two brothers. And I was like, yeah, they're in the other room. You know, they're six, five, you know, a little year, few years younger than me. And she was like, no, you have two, um, two, two half brothers. Um, you have one that's a few years older than you, one that's a few years younger than you. And, uh, knowing that you're adopted is, is one thing, but like if your biological mother was too young or if she was too old, like how do you adopt out the middle kid? So that really messed with me for a number of years, mm, like yeah. trying to figure out like, how does that make sense? Um, and it wasn't until I uh, was married. Um, I think Kennedy was probably already born where I started looking for some of this. Like my, I knew a few things. I knew my mom's name. I knew one, one brother's name. Um, turns out I was actually searching for the wrong name for a long time. Um, and finally an, an aunt of mine said, that's, that's not your brother's name. He rode my school bus. Like I, I was his mm. bus driver. Um, and his name is this. And so, um, I end up finding a biological brother on MySpace of all places. This is how long ago this story. I say back when MySpace was a that, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so that, that, that takes it way back. Um, my wife came downstairs and I'm just staring at the computer screen and she's like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, this guy's name is, uh, is James Miller. And, uh, he's got a butt chin. Look at, look, at, look at that and uh so we contacted him and um got to meet him and sure enough i and he's he's a biological brother he was like the first relative other than kennedy that i had ever known that was biologically you know blood related to me um so yeah turns out that my biological mother had already passed away i had just missed meeting her by like months mm. um and i'd never really had that desire um anyway my my mother continued to adopt kids. And so she probably, um, even while I was in high school and after has kids that are roughly my kid's age. Um, so she's adopted probably, uh, two girls, three boys. So I have, um, a dozen siblings. Okay. Um, the oldest of which I only found a year or two ago and he's like 73 years old. Wow. Um, he's from my biological father's side of the family, which we hadn't even looked into until recently. And so, uh, that's, that's the short story of, yeah, I know there's a lot of questions there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so many questions. So I think number one, um, as you think it, our families kind of define us, right? Like they, they give us, there's an identity that comes around along with the family, in which we, we grow up in, um, what when you think about your family and, and the, the makeup of your family and how it impacted you and how it formed you, what, what kind of, what connections do you make? What, what realizations do you have that maybe, st that maybe are even different from how you know some other families function or other people that, that you're close to where you look at their family, you're like, oh, okay, I can see how they enter, how their family formed them. And then maybe there are some, some differences or, or, or yeah, for you. There, there are things that you don't realize are different about your family until you hang out with other folks. Um, I, I didn't know that you could leave Thanksgiving dinner without somebody being mad <laughs> until I was, you know, in my twenties and I was, um, but you, I'm okay. So my, my, uh, my mom got married to a, his, a Mexican gentleman and that's where my two brothers come from. And so, um, I have a large family on that side, yeah. um, that I still, even though they're divorced, um, you know, he was around for, you know, until I was 13 years old. And so we still kind of, still kind of see them. He actually called me today, invited me to a birthday party. Um, and I have, you know, those two brothers that I still really care for and, and spend time with when I can. Um, but as a kid, um, at my mom's house, I was the oldest, you know, I had these two younger brothers at my dad's house. I was technically the youngest because I had these two older stepsisters, but they were old enough that they weren't home. So I was kind of an only child. So in that like family dynamic of, you know, are you the, you're the oldest, you're the youngest, you're the middle child. I've, I've been all three, um, which is 
which is a really weird, weird place to be. Um, I tell, like, like I said before, I, I tell folks that I'm really, really well adjusted. Like I, I could be a lot more messed up. Yeah. Um, I could have a lot different issues um, other than just, you know, baseball and buying too many shoes. <laughs> which by the way, um, we absolutely have to get a picture of Derek's uh, shoe collection uh, <laughs> and have that other show. Cause it's uh, I think it speaks to it. It speaks volumes. It speaks to what's going on. A part of what is going on in there yeah. for sure. But yeah, if, if there's anything going on in there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely have, I definitely have my own issues, but it's uh, but yeah, as far as, yeah, you don't, you don't know what's different about your family until, until you get older. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, that, that was unusual. Um, and, and not exactly sure how to answer the question. Yeah. I guess I think about, you know, like Andy and I, we, when growing up in the families that we grew up in, when we got married and entered into a new family unit, there, there is that experience of like, well, I know how my, how my family did things and how my father modeled things to me. And I know, okay. And then there's, okay, there's this other family that I've married into and and there were examples in there Right, but in here you have you end up having several different families plus your wife's family. So yeah, how did that? How did you? How, yeah, that, how did you and Kim just navigate that? Because I'm sure you were learning a lot of things. Um, our our first years together were probably a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, especially we worked together, and so the first years working together were terrible. I actually voted against her coming to the store because I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Um, but we've we've really talked through a lot of things. Um. I know that um, some of the things that were modeled for me were just were not not right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a person that hates as much as I love baseball. I'm a person that hates statistics and 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 being being a number. And so I will do my best to not do what other people have done. So um, drinking drugs, um, smoking, those are things that I'm like, nope. Uh, yep. I, I saw a lot of that as a kid, right? And I have. N- never had any desire to smoke a cigarette because it's just i don't want that um my mom's been divorced four or five times i really have lost count and so i told kim when we when we met i said here's the thing if we get married um you're stuck with me forever because <laughs> i am not going to be that person that gets a divorce i'm you, you know and uh so as far as my kids i tell them constantly like hey i like i love your mom mm. and uh you're stuck with one christmas and um we're going to be together forever. And, you know, they, they get tired of hearing it, you know, like, but, but I want them to know that like, dad's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm, um, right. Things aren't going to change. We're all going to live in one house until y'all move out. Um, and you don't have to move out. You just have to have a job. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had mentioned that you, that, or Joel had mentioned that you guys go to church together. So being a person of faith, how do you think that your faith has, or your childhood has shaped your faith? growing up i don't feel like i had a lot of i want to start that sentence over um i went to a lot of church as a kid um catholic church um apostolic church my mom really made the rounds of trying to figure out what what religion or style was was right for her um and so my dad went to a, a small Mennonite church and I was like, you know what? The, these folks that sing their hymns and follow the bulletin, you can check things off. That, that seems really reasonably reasonable to me um, as opposed to people who are um, much more boisterous in their worship or whatever. So um, coming, coming to walkie missionary has been, um, you know, just a really um, nice transition for us. Yeah. Um, We've, we've enjoyed it there. Um, we've, you know, we served there for years as far as the, you know, youth group and things like that, um, help plant a church and walk in, uh, Mishawaka and then have just recently come back. Actually, I guess it's been two years now, but are back to walkie. But, um, I, I feel like I have the ability to kind of, um, interact or talk to maybe kids when I do youth work, like who are maybe having problems at home or, you know, things are, things are weird at home. Well, it doesn't get much weirder than it was at home for me. Yeah. Um, and so to, to be able to share that story, um, to be able to talk to kids and say, well, I understand mom and dad aren't together anymore, but like, 
you were saying before, like, don't, don't say, I know how you feel. Right. Um, but, but, but I've been in a similar circumstance and let's, let's talk about that. Um, so I, I feel like it's, it's benefited me Yeah. as weird as it sounds. Um, I think I go into most things with just a very positive attitude. And so to look back on my youth, um, there's a lot of things that probably should have been more like traumatizing. Yeah. That I look back and I look back on and think like, Oh, that's just a thing, you know? Yeah. I just, I'm a little like, like, uh, without making, making you sound like I see you as a science experiment. I find, I find, I find you fascinating in that way of, it just seems to me that there were multiple opportunities for things to go, to go a bad direction for it. I mean, like if you kind of paint the stereotypical picture of someone who is likely to be either, uh, you know, a violent, uh, a, a substance abuse, um, uh, unemployed out on the street uh that that sort of thing like you check a lot of those boxes in in certain ways thank you yeah and yet <laughs> and yet again i'll just go back and say productive member of society uh, a good dad a good dude um what what how how i have no clue um i think it's just um stubbornness really mm. i mean i just i i knew what i didn't want to be um i knew what the things that i had seen modeled or whatever and yeah. didn't didn't want to be um i've always felt blessed as much as the, my folks were divorced before i can remember um and as crazy as my family is um once i was older and met some of my biological family like i definitely um won the lottery yeah. on on where i ended up mm -hmm. um some of the stories that I've heard about my biological mother um, and, and, and learning just about her and that family. Um, I, I, I could go into it, but like, there's just, there's just a lot of things that like that have happened in that family that like, man, I'm glad I wasn't a part of that. And that was actually going back to the adoption story. Um, do you guys want to hear a crazy sure, story? Yeah, you guys sure, have yeah. crazy stories, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where the, the whiteboard gets really complicated. Um, my, my, my mom's mom, my grandma, um, was adopting a kid um, from this family. And the lady she was adopting this boy from who, um, says, hey, uh, is, your, is your daughter still wanting to adopt? And she said, yeah. And she says, well, um, my brother's wife is pregnant and it's not his. And uh, so he doesn't want it. And would your, would your daughter like to adopt this kid? And, uh, and that's me. You know, mm. so turns out I find out 20 years later that my dad is the upstairs neighbor um, who is considerably older. Once again, yes. should, I should be way worse. Um, <laughs> and so when we were looking into is, uh, to who he was, um, that was all we knew. And then um, when we finally found some people who knew who he was, they were like, oh, you know, he passed away. Uh, he was was run over by his own semi. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, he didn't see that coming. <laughs> Neither did I. And uh, and then yeah, and my biological mother had passed away before I met her. But um, just I think I think getting out of out of that family, um, yeah. we we looked actually to adopt also ourselves later. And I thought like like how this happened for me in the late seventies. Like oh, we're just not just going to provide we're just going to fall a kid's just going to fall into our lap and when it didn't i was like huh you know like it's probably a, it's it's literally a miracle that i'm here because um if any one of those things had gone slightly different um if they had kept me you know or if i was adopted anywhere else like sure. what what or who would i be now um yeah yeah and and i guess that kind of speaks to the, i mean cuz part of the, your part of your question growing up was okay they and again, without the whiteboard, correct me if I'm wrong, they kept an older and a younger sibling, but you as the middle child were the one that was adopted out. Yes. So um, my mother was married um, and her and her husband, my biological mother and, and her husband had a, had a child and uh, he would be my older brother through her. And then she had an affair and that's me. And then their marriage didn't work out somehow. Not sure what happened. Probably me. Probably you. Yeah. <laughs> I was probably part of that. Yeah. And then she, when she was remarried then, 
is where the younger brother comes in. Got so it. I have these two biological half brothers, but all both on my mom's side. Gotcha. And then um, two adoptive half brothers still on my mom's side. Um, and then I found, like I said, years later, this, uh, this, I was talking with a guy on Facebook who I thought was my brother. Turns out he's my 54 year old nephew. And, uh, and his dad, who is my... And to be clear, Derek is not 54. No, I'm, I'm 42. I should have put that in my dad's stats. <laughs> yes, yes. So, And listeners, if you need to pause and write your whiteboard down, go ahead. Yes, yeah. I apologize. It's, it is, um, even for myself, trying to keep track of like who's related to who and how things happen. And it's one of those things where like my mom has never been forthcoming with this information. That's why I say like, sure. I don't feel like she would have told me when I was six. I think that that seems to be kind of a, a running theme. We've talked to several different people, a couple different people who have, have been adopted. And it seems like that the theme kind of runs with that where the, the parents are kind of not, you know, they're kind of not exactly forthcoming. So it seems like that's a theme when, when you say Joel. Like, yeah. I mean, and do you feel like there was, I mean, as best you can tell, was there shame there? Was there guilt? Was there? I, I, I don't know if it's just, um, she just is not forthcoming with information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like there would be things that I would find out, but I would find out from like ants. My aunt would mention something like the whole school bus thing. I'm like, wait, you've, you've known James's last name this whole time. Well, yeah, you know, you could, you should have asked your mom. I'm like, I, I did, you know, like, right. And she's all, Oh, I don't know. You know, it's, um, she just didn't want to, uh, you know, to share any of that with me. And I, I don't know if that's just a, a control thing or what, what, uh, what brings that on. So uh, obviously as you're growing up, I mean, at some point there's some positive influences, uh, for you, maybe some people or an individual or a few, um, that spoke some good things into your life or they came alongside you and like, would you be able to identify those, those people? I was thinking about that earlier about like growing up and who the, those positive influences would be. Um, I, not to, not to speak highly of myself, but like in high school, I felt like I was a really moral person. I wasn't a Christian. I would probably call myself a Christian, but I was just like, well, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, I'm just a very moral person morally good person still going to hell um <laughs> yeah. but but i didn't i didn't see that because yeah, you know i was an right. idiot and um I, I think even moving further ahead i was, was telling uh andy earlier that i worked for steve bell and like even in that time i was married you know but just uh working and talking with steve i feel like that like i grew a lot even though I was in my twenties yeah, um, and figured a lot of things out. Um, I actually asked him to marry me again when we, we were together seven years, married seven years. And I was like, Hey, if you could do this all over again, would you do it? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go do it. Um, and she was like, why? I'm like, cause, cause the guy that you married seven years ago was an idiot and mm-hmm. he didn't deserve to even ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so like, I, I am still an idiot, but, I'm I'm not as bad as that guy. So let's, if you'll do it, let's go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you feel like Kim knew what she was getting into at when you guys first got married? Uh, she was warned. Okay. And, and, and that's, that's actually a running joke. Uh, a friend of mine will say, you know, I warned you and she'll <laughs> yeah. say not adequately enough. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so your family now looks a lot different from your family growing up. Uh, you, you know, your, your kids are, are your biological kids and you know your your kid your family just looks a lot different has your definition of family grown over the years and if so how and why i i family is very important to me um but i've also realized for me like family is the people that live in my home sure is is, is obviously number one and um i have obviously many siblings and i have um the 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 two Martinez siblings that I spend the most mm-hmm. time with. Um, Cause we spent time as kids in the same house, you know, sure. in the same bedrooms. And so we, we definitely hang out the most with them, even though they're in Indian and in, in uh, Coloma, they're not close, but we make time. Um, so those, those are the two that we definitely spend the most time with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I want my kids to know that like, you know, dad's dad's here. 
dad's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, dad's a little crazy every now and then, <laughs> but, um, he comes by it naturally or, or, uh, you know, maybe your definition hasn't really changed because it sounds to me like you're saying now your definition of family is basically whoever's in your house with you and, and growing up, that's really what it was, right? It was whoever was there, whoever, whoever was with you. Yeah, that's true. Cause I was between two homes. Um, I didn't move to my dad's until I was 13. I don't know why, for some reason I thought when I was 13, that was a magical age where I could make my own decisions. And, uh, I <laughs> now, just, now looking back, you're like, I didn't know anything at 13. No, sounds, but, like, sounds like a middle school move though. Yeah. yeah let's be Yeah. Honest. You're like, I'm a teenager. I'm moving. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I lived with my mom until I was 13 and, and, um, with my, obviously my mom, my stepdad and my two younger brothers. And then, uh, um, that was in Elkhart and my dad lived in Wakarusa. It wasn't like very far away. Right. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to move to my dad's and that was it. And then, uh, it's definitely a lot, I guess a lot lonelier cause I didn't have those two younger siblings to play with. Um, but I also like just was a, I guess a, a less stressful life. My dad, you asked about people that had spoken into my yeah. life. Um, and I was thinking about that earlier. My dad is just a very even keel guy doesn't get riled mm-hmm. up about stuff, doesn't get down about stuff. Um, we have a, a really good relationship. Uh, we basically communicate in like movie quotes and uh, SNL, <laughs> SNL lines from the, you know, the nineties. Um, but that's how we've been, you know, since, since the nineties. And so, um, yeah, I think just, just watching him as a, as a dad, you know, when I would, uh, you know, wreck my car or do something stupid to see him not like fly off the handle and just totally lose it. Like, well, you know, just talk me through the story. What happened? Let's, let's figure this out. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely, uh, was a, was a good, uh, role model. Whereas mo- most of the other instances or things like that, that I've seen have not been as, as positive. So as you're, as you are, uh, parenting, uh, two young ladies right now and who are in, uh, you know, uh, again, it's like challenging every season of parenting has its own unique challenges you you have you have a a 19 year old and 15 15 year old she's currently 15 yeah so what are your biggest challenges right now as a dad if you if you think if you think about uh the just your your both your daily uh your daily routines but then also kind of um, 30,000 foot view. What, what comes to your mind? Um, they will hate this, but like my biggest challenge right now is the cat box. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's like, I feel like as, as kids, your dad probably harped about the lights and, um, the thermostat and ours are all on timers. So I don't have that to like even think about. So for me, it's like the number one thing that I every day did. did anybody check the chickens? Did anybody get to collect the eggs? Did anybody scoop the cat box? And, uh, like we literally have to text when they scoop the cat box. So we know who did it last and whose turn it is today. And if you didn't text, it doesn't count. Um, so we're at least using technology. Um, as far as, uh, a, a much wider view, um, I just want my kids to be productive members of society. Um, I don't need them to, you know, go out and, and rule the world, but as long as they're, um, you know, living right, um, contributing to society, um, I'd love for them to maybe have deeper relationships with, with, with others and with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I think for them both so far is it's like, they'll go to church with us, but I don't know that they have that deep connection. And I, I try not to push it because I didn't have that deep connection in high school either. Um, it was definitely, I was probably into my, you know, mm-hmm. 19, 20, 21 years old before I was like, I had that aha moment, but I had that baseline from, yeah. from going all those years. And so I think that's the crucial, the crucial thing right there. I, you know, I know so many parents and, and, and again, I get it. We care about our kids who are looking at their preteen teenager. Who's, who's trying to figure out their way in the world in so many ways. And who's maybe like on the faith side of things is just like, yeah, is it, there, there's not the depth that they wish there would be or the connection. And, and you know, I've, I've said, and this is, this is me as a recovering youth pastor saying, I, I think we cannot judge the effectiveness of our ministry to our kids as teenagers until they are 
mid to late twenties, and we're seeing really that fruit the of fruit what's of coming all around, that investment. Yeah. And because we, I mean, I'm sure as we are are very tempted to go to like very uh, tense, anxiety filled places if we if we allowed ourselves to. But just looking at our kids right now and being like, "Gosh, I hope they hope they can get a good job. I hope they can da da da. I hope da da da. You know." And even and that's just the practical side. Let alone like, where are they spiritually? Where mm. where where are they? Where are they connected? And the deal is, is that a lot of it is our kids have to go and live some real life and have to feel the weight of personal responsibility and all those sort of things before they can kind of like own some things for for years. I've said you can't make other people's mistakes for them mm-hmm. and you can warn them, you know, get careful. That's hot. You <laughs> yeah. can warn them all you want, um, but until they touch it and yeah, it's going to cause them trouble or yeah, yeah, it's going to get them in trouble. Um, but they're going to learn a lot from that. Um, my daughter actually is a is really enjoying this new guy at church. Um, she's, he's been leading the Sunday school. Um, I not real sure that he knows what he's talking about half the time. But it's a fair it's a fair assessment. But yes, yeah, sure. She says that this Joel he tells good stories. He presents things in a way um, that I really appreciate. And God I said, her. yeah, uh, you can get her that money later. I will. Yeah, that's <laughs> ching ching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but again, you know, it's, it's what I, I mean, partly what I appreciate about you, Derek, is that I like, I don't, I like hanging out with people. I like spending time with people who are not freaking out all the time. Right. Like, I feel like there's enough anxiety in our, in our world and as it is with any enough opportunities to be anxious about things the one thing I appreciate about you, I don't, ex- I don't experience you as an anxious person. And I think there, you have plenty of opportunity to be anxious about things as we, as we all do. Um, and we haven't even talked about like, um, so Derek, Derek has a, well, I was going to say unique job. It's sort of unique. It's, it has its unique characteristics. Your job does tell, tell us like what you do. Cause I, 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 I basically run a clothing store. Um, my in-laws um, own a, a store in Elkhart called Big and Tall Outlet, and my wife and I have taken that over so that for them so they can retire. So my wife does the books. Um, I spend the money. She pays the bills. Love it. And I, um, I do a lot of Facebook advertising and just, um, you know, working with getting clothes out to the floor and things like that, dealing with the public. Um, so I've, I've gone from a job where I worked in a trailer factory where I was in my own little corner and I could listen to podcasts and, and, and just get my job done. Um, to where like a, now I'm dealing with the public every day, which is definitely a trade off. Um, cause <laughs> people, people are interesting. Yes, they are. And, but it feels as though that so much of your life experience, I think also prepares you well to interact with cause the, the variety of folks that walk cause, cause here's the deal. I have, I have been, uh, I, uh, Joel is a big and tall person in case we're not, uh, not aware of that listeners uh, that I do. I fit I'm on the smaller spectrum of the big and tall, but that is still, still my jam. Still, and still tall, still tall. And the fact that they have double XL tall, uh, you know, just did comes in handy from time to time to time to time. So, but that being said, when you're, anytime you're running something, anytime you're running something, you're responsible for, for running leading an organization, whatever the case is, which, which is, is part of your reality. Now that's just another opportunity for, again, anxiousness and the responsibility that's all on that and yet i do perceive you as somebody uh unless you've just totally have got me completely snowed uh that <laughs> that like that i think it's a goal i see i see a lack of anxiousness in your life and i see you doing some things that are that that intentionally fight against anxiousness i guess in a way or, or because of a mentality that you you try to that you want to espouse or, or, or work toward. Is that, is that accurate? I think if we're being, if you, it's probably one of those things that I don't think about because it's just how I am. Yeah. Um, I often say like, um, if, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, you know, like there's it, some things will get you so worked up that it's like, we, and you can tell that everyone else in the room is, is really upset about this and they're moved, you know, they're, they're whatever they're going to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's just laugh about this and we'll figure it out and we'll move on. Um, cause, cause what are you going to do? You're, you're going to get real angry and, and, and break something or throw, you know, um, 
or or you can laugh about it. And uh, this will be a, a funny footnote when we tell this story later. You know, um, we can just move on. Yeah, and and I guess that's just what I it's just what I appreciate about you, Derek. Because I I think anymore, like I I just value time with with men who. I mean, there are just a lot of, there are a lot of angry guys out there that are, that are, and when you kind of dive into why they're angry, it's, they feel, I, t- tell me what you think. I, this might just, one of my assessments of, they, they feel like they're losing, like they're just, they're kind of, that things are being taken from them, that they're, they're not, they don't feel like they're winning at anything and that and in light of that it's like well what's your you you're just your fists get tight and you get like your whole body gets tight and you there's an anger and anxiousness that comes out of that and then you kind of vomit that on other people yeah nobody wants that right yeah um there yeah i'd say there's definitely a, a segment of society that uh it feels like they can do no right anymore um i it's one of the reasons i uh I think I've been off of Facebook for about a year and a half now. I just, it was a week before my birthday and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to delete this from my phone. I just, there's no joy on Facebook anymore. I can't, I can't be there and be happy for so-and-so because the next post is going to make me so sure. So agitated. Yeah. So I've, I deleted it from my phone and then I realized, Oh, my birthday's tomorrow. 70 people are going to wish me happy birthday and I'm not going to respond. I'm going to look like a jerk. So I had to go and literally like remove myself from Facebook rather than just getting rid of the app. And, um, other than like losing a lot of photos that were there, I have not missed it at all. Um, it's, it, things, things can be used for good and bad. Um, and, and a lot of people will look at things as good or bad and they're neutral. It's, it's how we use them. Um, so, you know, guns, technology, whatever, um, definitely can be used either way. Um, I just try to look at everything as, as positively as possible. Look for the good in everything. Um, look for the good in people and, uh, you know, try to speak joy. Yeah. And, and I'm, I I just, I, to your, to your credit and ultimately to God's credit, it's, uh, I, I think it's just, it's good to hear you can experience the things that you have experienced. You can come from the background that you have come from, not be defined by it, but also use it as to, as something that I say is helping you find kind of a a true North for you. You're very clear about what you don't want to become or what, what you don't want to be influenced by. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, a positive thing. I think about my own family story. My, my mom, it was the same deal, you know, coming, she came from a divorced family and she just said, I was so clear about what I did not want my family to look like. And that pushed her. And I've seen that pushes other people too in, 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 in some positive directions. Yeah. I just hope there's not a pendulum swing where like, like I say, well, here's the things I don't want. And then my kids are going to go, well, those are the things I don't want now, you know, and it's going to swing back where, um, I also, I don't have a good relationship with my mother. Yeah. And so I'm afraid that like my kids will see like, well, dad was a jerk to grandma. Um, now, now when we're older, we're, we're going to, we're going to treat him the way she treated, he treated her. Yeah. Um, I hope they can see that like, there's a reason mom or grandma and I don't get along yeah. and they can, um, you know, they can understand that mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of discuss it. Like there's a reason we don't hang out. Um, we'll hang out with all the other grandparents and even ex step grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tense, it's a tense. That's, you talk about things that stress me out. That's a, uh, I was actually asked to marry my brother and his fiance, you know, a month ago and, uh, and being there and doing that wasn't stressful for me, but knowing that my mom would also be there and that we'd have to interact, um, was, was the mo- the worst part of the day really. Yeah. Yeah. My last, my last big question to you, because we asked about your challenges of, uh, as a, as a father, what, uh, being a husband right now, what's your biggest, what's your biggest challenge in that arena of life? Um, I think we do really well. Um, we we make a really good team. 
um we we work together so that's that's sometimes a challenge yeah i that just amazing like i don't think my wife and i could work together and i i mean that with all due all sincerity yeah Yeah, i mean it with all due respect to my wife but the the first the first year was really difficult because i would um i would upset her and then I'd go home and that coworker that I had made mad was, you can't, yeah. was, was at your dining room table was now at home yeah. still, still mad at me about the thing that I had done at work. And so it was a, it was a trip. Um, but we've, we've really worked through that, figured out where our strengths are, where we can, um, you know, w- what we can focus on um, together, what we can focus on separately as far as work. And then even at home, um, I mean, 20 years in, I mean, she's, she's still my best friend. She's still the person that I, that I want to hold before I go to sleep. Um, and I, and, and I want to, you know, talk to about my day. Um, it's so I, I actually shouldn't say this, but I spend a lot of time in her office. Like I'll just step upstairs, you know, when I'm running an errand or whatever at work and, and just stop and talk and be like, what are you working on? She's like, oh, I'm paying these bills for these clothes you're buying, you know? Okay. Um, all right, see you later. And I'll go back to work, you know, Yeah. but I just, it's, it's nice seeing her during the day. Um, when she's not there, I kind of, kind of miss her. So, yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> well, we, we thank you for t- telling us your story. It's been, a, it's really interesting. And, and I know that our listeners are, are appreciative of you telling your story, but before we let you go though, we have to do one thing. And, and the cool thing is this today, we have Aaron here in studio with us who normally does our, introduction so i'm gonna have him do it live so aaron why don't you get in front of, of your dad's uh, right, microphone go. there and give it to me now it's time for the dudes and dads pop quiz all right oh yes nailed it yes he did <laughs> that's almost like perfect like the recording it sounded it the same it's good. Yeah, it was good <laughs> all right so if you've never joined us the dudes and dads pop quiz is a time that we just like to grill our guests grill grill and uh, we have random cards here that we pick and we don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. So I will let Joel ask the first one. Okay. What's one bad habit you're trying to get rid of? I've already gotten rid of Facebook. So what is that? Yeah. I don't, all my habits are great. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, that I'm trying to get rid of. Um, I don't know. I do. I do nag my kids about certain things. Um, and, uh, Carrie, the younger one, is very antisocial, and I'll, I will, uh, I'll push that as much as I can. Like, try to talk to her, even though I know she doesn't want to talk. Um, that's probably a bad habit. Um, I do uh, a lot of procrastination, and I've, uh, so I need to stop that. Um, I've not been helping with breakfast in the morning or packing the school lunch, mm. but I've been setting my alarm a little earlier and getting up and helping with that. So, so great. Awesome. When, when we had two kids in school last year, it was like, oh yeah, two of us to make lunch. That makes sense. Now there's just one kid. I'm like, I'm just going to stay in bed for another 15 minutes, but I've been, uh, I've been getting up and helping with lunch. All right. What is something that you like most? I can't read tonight. Apparently what is something you like that most people do not? I don't mind the smell of skunks. I think that it's actually a sweet smell and it doesn't, uh, it's not like I breathe it in real deep, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. What's left on your bucket list? Um, I'm a big, huge baseball fan. Um, I've visited, I think, 19 ballparks. And so I definitely have uh, more major league ballparks out west that I would definitely like to see. So those are on my bucket list. Um, I'm a generally content person. So I'm, I, I don't know what else I need to do just yet. But I'll, it, it's typically when I see something and then I'm like, oh, the desire becomes very strong. We're like, oh, now I've got to go there and do that thing. Gotcha. Okay. If you were to die tomorrow, what little thing would you regret not doing? What little thing would I regret not doing? Uh, I don't know. Probably just telling my kids that I love them um, more. Um, I don't know. No regrets. No, no, no regrets. Really? Not just not even one. Andy, I need another. I need another, another one. one. I, I did too. Like I, I was looking yeah. through here and I 
like switched to three ones about death and i'm like i don't want to ask another one about death gosh it gets real dark sometimes uh if okay you have okay so let's imagine you have one hundred thousand dollars derek one hundred thousand dollars you have to donate or create a charity what do you do I've always had a heart for adoption. Obviously, I was adopted. Um, we had uh, made an agreement as a as a couple when we first started dating that if we had uh, two, two, two children of the same sex, that we would adopt the other. That was be God's plan for us. And so we uh, we tried to adopt um, maybe 12 years ago and that didn't work. But um, I would definitely um, want to use that money to, to, to help, you know, bring bring these families together um, in a better way. All right, so last question of the Dudes and Dads pop quiz. Which talent would you most like to have? Uh, my kids will tell you that I'm a terrible singer. Um, <laughs> people in church will actually say like, oh, I could tell your dad was behind us because I could hear him singing terribly. <laughs> so I, I would love to be able to carry a tune and, and, and you know, sing and, and actually sound good. So that would be something that I would really enjoy. Wonderful. I've, I've only been with Derek during uh close enough to the during the singing of a national anthem or take me out to the ball game yeah, seventh inning stretch that was great but here's the deal I also am not great so I'm I think we just I don't know if there's like I don't know what happened was happening at, at the sound wave level I, I think we just kind of cancel each other out in our in our either that or, either that or it was doubly bad doubly bad <laughs> no one else was sitting next near us at the skunk, time so the skunk can't smell its own smell so maybe you guys can't hear that you're bad ah interesting interesting connection well uh derek friend thank you i appreciate you coming all the way uh, derek basically just drove to their side of the county for this episode and, so, and then and then waited on you and for then like waited an on hour me and because i forgot my microphone at the other at the other I, I was other studio. studio. I wasn't going to bring any of that up. Yeah, but I I have, and Andy does because he's trying to hold me accountable to be because I get the chance uh, to kid you all the time. That's true. It's so good. So, uh, well, hey, friends, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of Dudes and Dads a podcast. As always, you can check us over at dudesanddadspodcast.com. That is true. And if you have any feedback for us, you can take out your phone, record a memo, voice memo, and send it to feedback at dudesanddadspodcast.com. Or if you do not have a, a phone that can has a voice memo on it, because you might not. You might not. You can call 574-213-8702. It's just a voicemail number. Just leave a voicemail. You're not going to wake us up in the middle of the night, but we always love to hear your voice. And uh, guys, we do appreciate the support. Uh, be sure to check out our our sponsors. As always, love uh, love for you to send some business their way. Uh, and if you're a big and tall dude, you know, get over and see get over and see Derek as well. Please do. So until next time, all our friends, we wish you grace and peace. 